the Lo-Fi Top 5 Podcast, where this week we are talking about the top five songs that made a scene. Made the scene, Jeremy. Made it. Made it. Can't see the scene without. Cannot unsee and unhear and un... I don't know where we're going with that. I love this. This is a very fun one. We're going to have a bunch of fun today. I had so much fun thinking about this, but let's start with you. How was your list making for the week? So probably not surprisingly to you, absolutely geeked out on this because it's music based, which is definitely like more so my wheelhouse even than movies, probably by a lot. And so I just wound up in this really fun place of like thinking of songs that made me think of movies. And then I thought of like a bunch of weird stuff and I wound up in a a fun spot where I kind of like wound up with two different camps. I have like music that was in a scene, right? Meaning like the, the people in the movie are aware it's happening and then music that's behind the scene, which is, it's just like, you know, it's playing in the background and like the, the, the characters are unaware. I probably could have done two different lists here if I'm being honest, because it took two very different paths for me. I'm glad I'm not doing two different lists because I kind of like jamming the two together because it's different. Like it creates differentiation. I do not have five right now. I have like nine that I could make an argument for, uh, which is, you know, just kind of what I do, I guess. Like that's kind of what I do now. So you're sort of like working nine to so five. five. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Is that about right? That's, exactly, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. Now that would, be, that, that would be a good song or a movie or something like that. I have a feeling. Yeah, I feel like somebody should take advantage of nine to five. Uh, Jeremy, how did your list making go this week? I would say quite well. I think about an hour after we were done recording last week, I had an initial list of 30, and I'm not even kidding. It kept going, and then I started culling. And then, you know, as we did our little chitter-chatter over the course of the weekend and whatnot and, and eliminated certain ways of thinking, so for example... Uh, mostly ruling out musicals. Uh, I decided to not do any of the song that is the title of the movie. So for me, I did. I, I went away from like, like La Bamba is sort of the signature song for La Bamba. La Bamba. <laughs> you know, you could argue you would not make a movie called La Bamba without a song, La Bamba. True. I decided not to include La Bamba on my list, even though it it's pretty signature to that movie i i would argue it's pretty signature to la bamba <laughs> yeah one cannot la bamba without la bamba so i had a lot of fun making the rest of the list this was definitely some some real nostalgic moments for me because i really tried to channel the energy of like thinking where where you can't not picture the song and and if i may i'm going to go just tell you a bit about the old spreadsheet I created because I just feel like I got to just dive right in there. Do it. All right. So pursuance to what I was just saying, here are the categories for this week's spreadsheet. We have, as always, movie and cast. Oh, I just realized what would have been great for the rubric. Ah, what an opportunity. I should have had something else. All right. Well, I have song. I have the song's popularity in music. So I actually went to Billboard Charts Looked at how high they charted, made a little mapping of that, carried the 10. (laughs) That's in there. (laughs) 
But I should have done the thing about the artist. I should have had like the, the the quality of musician or something like that. Not that I'm the music guy you are, but you know, I could have at least hacked my way through it. I have so I have songs popularity in the real world, uh, which is difficult for some of the songs as you'll as you'll see when we go. Scene epicness. So when this when this piece of music was in the movie, how big a deal was that scene? Because there's lots of times where there's great music in a movie, and the scene itself is just kind of like, oh yeah, I for you know I, that was I forgot about that part, right? So how epic yeah. is the scene itself? Then I tried to channel what I wrote. What did I call this? The song evokes movie memory distinctly. In other words, if that song comes on a Spotify playlist or whatever. Am I instantly picturing that scene of the movie? Right? Mm-hmm. This is just channel me there. And then finally, I have, and I wasn't going to do this at first because I sort of thought it was the category, but I realized it was worth doing, was irreplaceability. Could you possibly picture the scene with another song? And it was hard to sort of get my head around that, but I, I feel I handled it okay. So that's the old spreadsheet there. But the song evoking the movie memory, is that my little, uh, is that my dinger for the week? Yeah, that's the one this week, and and it it worked out it worked out very well for me too because it wound up being a rubric of mine as well because mm. there's so many great songs, just songs in movies in general, but like for me, what I really tried to lean into is does it transcend the artist? Meaning, like, do I forget who's singing it and instead think of where I where it came from? Is like a Ooh. really for me it was an orienting factor in a big way because there's a, there's better music on than the stuff I have here. But it wasn't about the music, right? It was about the music and the scene. It was it was the marriage of those two things. So it's a lot, I love it. It's fun. Nice. And so my scores this week range from 99 all the way down to a 70. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's funny because that's actually 70 is the highest sometimes it gets for you. But you also, do you have an additional category this week? I have an additional category. And, and there were a lot more tens than, than typical. The... The aforementioned song evoking the memory category, I got to say, like, there's like eight tens, and there's usually only like one or two. I'm pretty wow, stringent okay. about my tens, JT. You just got to know that about me. I, I think that's the only way to be about tens, Jer. <laughs> there you go. And there's definitely no elevens, even if this is a music-related category. Right. We're going to walk right past that dad joke and go directly into the Shawshank. So, Jeremy, this week... Do you have a Shawshank contender or contenders, as it very well might be? I do, sir. I got two for you. How about yourself? I struggle with this. I have like three that I could use, but I actually only landed on one. So I have one one to, to, to drop in. All right. So my first one, 1992, Metacritic score 57, Excel spreadsheet of 92. Okay. Are we, are we already on the same one? So Probably. this is one. Of, this was one of my contenders for this, but I decided not to. But I'm with you. What's your five words? AMC pacer, headbanging, falsetto. I have public access to the Fandango. <laughs> nice. So the movie we're both talking about is Wayne's World and the performance yeah. of Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, absolutely classic. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is I gave this a nine out of ten on the could you have replaced the song. Because the reality of that scene is whatever they had done to it would have had that epic thing. But I would argue this is one of the most epic ways to... There's a lot of songs they could have played around with and had some fun with. 
Played around with and had fun, yes. Land the way that landed, I think you're in pretty rarefied error because that song, just on scale alone, is pretty... And it's, it's, it's kind of in its own world. That's true. I, by the way, I have one teeny bit of trivia, but this is our Shawshank category, so we talk too much. But the studio was going to go with one of the Guns N' Roses song, and Mike Myers would not let the movie proceed without Bohemian Rhapsody, which, by the way, totally rebirthed Queen to American audiences. Yeah, and also he was right. <laughs> yeah, and he was right. All right, what's your... Or, so wait, was that your Shawshank? No, it wasn't. Okay. I'm going to assume, oh, by the way, I have notes here. I assume that like half of our lists are overlapping this week. It's just kind of a... Uh, it's possible. Yeah. All right. What's your Shawshank? Uh, let's go April 14th, 1989 with an 85% on Metacritic. Uh, my five words is the distraction going to England. <laughs> Outside window, trench coat. Boombox, processed. Yep. So this is uh, Say Anything, and the song is In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel. This one to me is just like, anytime you talk about making a scene in music, this is I think this is the first one that would come to everybody's mind. You're probably right. I had this in Alpha Deus, not Shawshank, but I, I'm perfectly happy throwing it up there. It's, it is so iconic, so yes. Okay, fair enough. What's your last one? My last one, and this is where I'm going to start messing with us a little bit, but you know, I'm sort of setting a little bit of a precedent for the way I thought about the rest of this stuff, but I had to, I had to, and you can argue with me. It's okay. I accept if you're like, that's if I, if you think I break rules here, you let me know. 1979, a Metacritic score of 94 and IMDb 53rd of all time. And in my spreadsheet of 98, my five words, Colonel helicopters, Jungle, Napalm, Wagner. Uh, Apocalypse Now? Apocalypse Now, Ride of the Valkyries. (laughs) I would argue Ride of the Valkyries, (laughs) as they come storming in over Vietnam, is possibly one of the most iconic uses of a piece of music to tie to a scene you'll ever see. Okay. If you were to actually put on classical music and Ride of the Valkyries were to come on, you would be thinking about that scene in Apocalypse Now, not huge Norse men and women fighting with swords and helmets or whatever they were doing. Yeah. And so my only disagreement here is that song has been used so many times that I think it it doesn't immediately scream to me apocalypse now it would it, it like that's one of the things that comes to mind but it's not the thing so i i i wouldn't shawshank it for that reason i accept that i don't agree with you i accept your interpretation i think this is a generational thing for us because Probably. because of where i come into the movie scene Everything after apocalypse now is purely a derivative homage something referencing that use of it I would argue that no movie maker since the since the release of Apocalypse Now has ever not deliberately like tied in somehow like you couldn't just randomly put this in a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, it, it, I don't know. It elicits like like cartoon stuff to me too, though, right? Like that's that 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 song just gets used a lot, and it definitely the first time it was introduced to me certainly was not Apocalypse Now. 
So well, one would I, hope not. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that would definitely not be the best parenting. <laughs> not the best. Not the best. So no. I I like this as like an alpha day as I don't know if I love it as a Shawshank. I'm not going to Shawshank this, but I, okay. I like it's a good pick. All right. Should we move into the alpha days? Uh, the the ones we love but talk about enough that we don't want to talk about too much more today? I got one. I have, in addition to say anything, I have three more to go. Oh, my God. <laughs> this was, go again, remember when I said, like, I had 30 entries in, like, an hour? Yeah. There's, some of them were pretty, you know, signature. All right. You want me to do two, then yours, then one, or one, then yours, then two? No, you can go with two first. Okie dokie. I'm going to guess this first one I'll say is yours. 1985, Metacritic score of 66, Excel spreadsheet of 94. No? All right. My five words. Brain. Athlete. Basket case. Princess. Criminal. Oh, uh, this is uh, uh, Don't You Forget About Me uh, from The Breakfast Club. That's correct. So fair, didn't even have it in my Pong list because I actually think you could put a number of songs from the 80s in that and it'd be totally fine. It, it, fair, I, this is sort of in that realm of like the say anything bit where had they put virtually any other 80s song in it, it would probably have become the iconic one of it. But that yeah. said, this song comes on and I'm Judd Nelson fist bumping the air, walking walking off stage. Yeah, totally fair. It's, it's a good alpha dice. Yeah. It's not a stage, it's a football field, but you knew where I meant with that. I know what you meant. I could see the All trench right. coat, I could see the bandana on the one wrist. I'm with you. Second choice. Again, I, I, I keep thinking these are just all sp- all over your list or whatnot, but maybe not. The year is 2000, Metacritic score of 90, Excel spreadsheet of 76, and the five words are airplane, sing along. Yep. You got it already? Yeah, I mean, literally. So this is my Alpha Deus because I oh, think okay. we should probably change Alpha. We should change Alpha Deus to Almost a Deus because I talk about Almost Famous basically in every podcast, and this you is do. Tiny Dancer from Elton John, and of course, this is on my list, and I shouldn't talk about it anymore. <laughs> okay, my five words: Airplane, Sing Along, Penny, Golden God. Very, very good. I, I had a words. minuscule mover breaks tension. Yeah. Nice. Tiny dancer. <laughs> Tiny dancer. I like that. I got it. All right. Last one. 1979. Metacritic score of 91. My spreadsheet of 93. And if we were going to rename the category, this one might be part of the renaming process. Five words. By the way, in these cases, I did this in a very deliberate order. I meant to sort of change the game with how few words until you would guess it. Because I think this one, okay. uh, if you don't already have it, it's Highway. Italians, drafting, uh, bike, bike, truck. All right, so uh, this is breaking away, but I can't think of what the song was, which was why it wouldn't be on my list. That's because you've only seen it once, but and you also aren't familiar with Mendelssohn's Fourth Symphony, First Movement, right? which is understandable because I actually had to look that part up myself. Uh, what's cool about it, by the way, that's Mendelssohn's Italian Symphony. Which oh, I thought was just a, a nice little, what a lovely nod. Yeah, but for me, that if that comes on, that is the the truck. You know, I, I'll go put on the clip. In fact, when I had to go figure out what clip it was, and I was going through the Googles and the YouTubes and all the stuff, I found the truck driving secrets on on YouTube, and I just let it play. 
because I was like, yeah, well, perfect. I can't not do that. And yeah, I think I understand why you wouldn't put it there. But for me, having seen this movie many times, that's all I got with this music. Does Mendelssohn's Fourth come on a lot for you? <laughs> no, but if you put on like a, um, if you ever just do, if you if I get into lazy classical mode and I just do like Spotify top 100 classical kind of playlists or, or radio or one of those, it'll come in. It, it's a pretty popular piece. It's yeah, we'll definitely make a top 100. Fair enough. So with all that being said, I have a feeling that you're going to have a Xanadu's too, which uh, why don't you explain <laughs> what a Xanadu's is? All right. So by the way, maybe Alpha Deus becomes almost away or oh. almost breaking, breaking almost, breaking famous. Oh, we'll have to play with it for next week. Well, no. Xanadu's takes two mediocre movies. And by mediocre, I mean bad. Uh, right. Xanadu and... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, combines yep. them into one word because they're both they're both uh, nostalgic loves for JT and myself. But again, we know they don't really hold up. Horrible. All right. 1986, Metacritic score of 50, spreadsheet 95, best of the best, planes. Best of the best? Is this... Uh... This Top Gun, yeah, but Top Gun's not a bad movie. Uh, so, okay, so any is it uh, Danger Zone? Kenny Loggins? It is. It's Danger Zone from our podcast yeah. slash, slash slash Top Gun. It's got a Metacritic of fifty. Top Gun is, again. I have lots of nostalgic love for it, but it's not a good movie. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I, I'm not like I, if it's on TNT today, I'll watch it, but. It's not a good movie. We just have a lot of love. And it did lots of things for movie making, but in itself, you know. Uh, second second entry. How many of these do you have? Just two. Oh, okay. 1998, Metacritic score 42, Excel spreadsheet of 81. Best of the best, Drillers. Oh, Armageddon, don't want to miss a thing? Not don't want to miss a thing because its use in the movie is meh. It's the leaving on a jet plane scene. Oh, that's a good scene. I totally forgot about that. See that? So this one, if if I had a rubric, this one wouldn't have made it because that song transcends the 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 scene, not the scene transcends the song. Agreed. I didn't. I don't have that as a strict requirement, but uh, I think that scene, iconic. Uh, that scene's use of that song, I would argue, is pretty hard to replace. Yeah, it's I. It's not. Listen, I will. I will agree with you. It's. I would basically say it's irreplaceable. Like any other song, there doesn't. I'm like, well, what are you gonna do? Like Major Tom. Like I mean, there's not a lot more to plug in. Uh, so yeah, I think that's a good pick. Although what actually Major Tom could Major Tom would have worked pretty well now that I say it out loud. <laughs> but like they would, and because they could have done that opening bit and then like strummed off when the song gets a little more psychedelic. Yeah. Yeah. Could have worked. I kind of want to see that now. <laughs> all right, we've done all of our mishmashy categories. I think it's time to drop into our top five. Let's do it. This week it is you that starts, my friend. So this is a it's a Jeremy heavy episode, kids. Buckle in. Yes, <laughs> we're talking a lot here. All right, February twelfth, nineteen ninety three, a Metacritic score of seventy two, uh, Excel spreadsheet of ninety nine, the top in my spreadsheet this week. Okay. And I think, by the way, it's it's a we it's my weirdest pick in a weird way. And you'll, you'll we'll, we'll get to it when we do our little banter. Here are 
three of the actors in the movie. The only three I could find that you might recognize the names and might not obviously guess the movie, but you might. Rick Overton, Chris Elliott, and Stephen Tobolowski. Okay, I know who two of those people are for sure. Um, what year is this? 93. 93, Tobolowski. Uh, keep going. Worst alarm clock music ever. Groundhog Day? Yes. What song in Groundhog Day? The song is I Got You, Babe. Oh, my God. Oh, that's very clever. This is a very clever pick. Yes, go on. Oh, that's clever. I'm very Thank impressed you. right now. So I don't, they don't play the whole song. So it's not a full use of a song in the movie. Instead, they play it many times over, hence Groundhog Day. And what I think so interesting about it, I really tried to think like what other songs could they have put in here? Because it had to strike that interesting chord of sort of, a, it has to be a little annoying, right? It's got a little bit of an annoying tone to it. Yep. At the same time, a song that people generally actually like, right? Yep. So it's got to straddle both of those avenues. And I think it actually works so perfectly in the movie because by the time the movie has made a lot of progress, you are really tired of hearing that song. Yeah. But at the same time, now if that song comes on, like if it just comes on the radio, A, I'm of course in Gobbler's Knob, right. you know, like <laughs> like, you're, like if you hear I Got You, Babe, come on, you might even make a comment like, oh, this again? Or some, some right. type of reference. But at the same time, it doesn't even really make the scene, but I couldn't come up with another song that would make the scene any better than this does, right? It opens with that twang kind of sound. It fits well as an alarm clock. Like if you if you heard that song at six a.m. every day, you're 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 jumping out of bed. Oh yeah, you're up. You're up. So Sunny and Cher for my first pick of the day. Uh, great pick. Totally didn't see this coming. Really think it's clever. Very very impressed with this pick. Uh, definitely not even anywhere on my list. So good on you. Uh, I I like it. It's a great way to start. Big fan. Thanks, man. What you got? All right. So I'm gonna do the only one. Oddly enough, so I have a lot of like random stuff that is like, ser there's not a lot of serious in my list for some reason. I don't know why. Like there's, because when I first thought of this category, I thought of like heavy stuff, like scene, like, you know, music that really, really brought you into a scene. And the more and more I thought about the stuff I liked, it was actually almost always more slanted towards fun, except this one, not fun at all. Uh, so January 4th, 2002. I will give you Danny Glover and Seymour Cassell. It's a 76 on Metacritic. Danny Glover, 2002. Yep. Hmm. I'll give you the top. I'll give you my five words. So from haircut to hospital. From the only movie I'm thinking that just from that description I'm thinking of is, uh, and I didn't see it actually, is 50 50 with uh, Seth Rogen. Oh, no, that's funny. And Joseph Gordon Levitt. No, it's not that. But um, the, the cover art is like half of a haircut. Haircut. Yeah, no, it's, it's a very good, uh, it's, it's a very impressive visual memory pull. But no, it's not that. From haircut to hospital. And are your clues referencing the music or this movie or whatever? I just got to work it out. 
No, so this one, this is actually referencing a, the scene in the movie. I, this one, I'll go as far as that I can actually give you the song and the artist, and I don't know if you'll pull it. All right, I'll take it. How about uh, the name of the song is Needle in the Hay? You see the blank expression on my face, right? Okay, Elliot Smith is the artist. Nothing happening here. Oh, I know Elliot Smith. Uh, 2002 with Elliot Smith. I uh, Garden State? No, well, first of all, it was very hard not to put Garden State on my list, but actually, great soundtrack. None of it made the scene. No, this is uh, the Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, I have seen Royal Tenenbaums, but I don't, I don't recall, I don't. Isn't so, Needle on, isn't Needle in the Hay one of those, like, isn't that like an old timey? No, song? no. Needle in, the, Needle in the Hay is some of Elliot's darker work. And he uh, also unfortunately took his life. And this is the this is the scene in the bathroom uh, with Owen Wilson or sorry, Luke Wilson, rather, which is like super, super intense when he just all of a sudden starts cutting his hair and then he cuts his beard and then he cuts other parts of him that makes him go to the hospital. Um, Um, And it's actually how Elliot Smith also unfortunately met his demise. But it is a that song. If I hear that song, I see the blue room. I see the wristbands getting taken off. Like it is a it is an immediate emotional visual cue for me that like that whole scene happens in my head. If I hear three chords of that, I promise the rest of my list will be more fun. But this one I couldn't leave off because it is a powerful moment in film. And also uh, Anderson loves he does a lot of great music stuff, like a ton, a ton of fun music stuff. So for him to lean into this, also obviously understanding what went, what happened with Elliot Smith and his life, it was just like a really powerful sort of thing in film. So for that reason, I couldn't leave it off. I promise the rest will be more fun. <laughs> All good. I have a I have a Anderson movie in the Pong list coming up. But he is he is very deliberate with music. I like what he does a lot. Super. Super, yeah. His, I mean, he's just a composition guy, so it would make sense that he would do weird things with music at the same time. A lot of his rhythm, he like he leans into the rhythm of the music in the actual scenes, which I think is a lot of fun. Right. So, without the Elliot Smith tie-in here, which yes. I know is hard to sort of divorce yourself from mentally, do you? Could you picture another? Could you picture anything else to it? Like, if you didn't know, if Elliot Smith was like, I don't know. Bono, and it was just like a tough moment when he wrote some of these songs because some of them are so dark and all that. And I, you know, he's he's the uh, Nick Drake or something of uh, whatever. I only, I don't know, bunch of depressing music people. <laughs> Could you clear that from your head and picture the scene with a different song again, heavy brooding, etc.? Yeah, no. So, so the answer is no, and the reason it's in my top five is because I actually went through that exercise. Because basically, I was like, "Can I just jam a Smith song in here and get it over with? Like, can Morrissey just be sad and this still work?" And the answer is no, because the tonality of the song actually isn't sad. It's the heaviness of the lyrics that make it so. Like that duality of it just it really everything fits so perfect. I'm sure if I really dug deep, I could find stuff that would work that would work that well. I don't think so. All right. Fair enough. So this is actually it's funny because I have several. Mine are are all they're not quite as dark as that, but mine are all sort of broody picks in different different kinds of ways, except for this one. Okay. May twelfth, nineteen sixty eight. Metacritic score of eighty three. IMDb ninetieth of all time. Excel spreadsheet of an eighty four. 
I'm going to give you the leading three actors in the movie because I guarantee it will not help you. But I'm just going to oh. say it for our listeners who might be able to pick it from this. Kier Delea. Nope. Gary Lockwood and Douglas Rain. Yeah, still going. Um, the song... Since I'm just going to give you a bunch more clues just because I'm having fun with this for a second. The sure. song was written in 1892 by someone named Harry Dacre. Okay. Okay, good. Now, here are the five words for you. Okay. Disassembling computer in space theme. Disassembling computer in space theme. Now, remember, the last one was worst alarm clock music ever. Right. You'll notice, you'll notice my top five, all the five words have a recurring element here. Sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I have any idea what you're talking about right now. I mean, like Space Odyssey, 2001 A Space Odyssey? I have no idea. Correct. That is the movie. Oh, oh good for me. Look at me go. Look at you. You're two for two. We should keep okay. track of that kind of stuff. You're two for two. The song is called Daisy Bell. It's also known as the Bicycle Built for Two song. Daisy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Is the scene, is the music that Hal effectively sings while Dave is, is pulling out his memory boards, whatever the components are. And again, it's a great scene. Have you seen 2001? I have, but like I couldn't pull any, I couldn't pull a single visual from that movie in my brain. So I am, I, I, I will tell you, I have another one of uh, 2001's could have been on my list four times today. It, I made it twice. Uh, so when we get to Pong, we'll get to it again and you won't know it then either, but that's cool. Sure won't. But their use of music is super iconic. So here's what makes this scene so cool. Uh, I got to read this one really quick. The reason that they picked the song, so it's Daisy Bell written 1892. In 1961, the first IBM mainframe computer, the 7094, which obviously had a good marketing ring to it, yeah, for, uh, was guys. the first computer to ever sing. And guess what it sung? Daisy Bell. So when they were making the movie, Kubrick actually used effectively legit technology background to put it into the movie. So that's from that standpoint alone, it became sort of irreplaceable to me. Although you could obviously picture any kid's song could have, you know, it could have been the alphabet song could technically have worked pretty well, but the way that that's tied into real world history in a fictional movie, I thought was brilliant. And the way it actually performs it with this, you sort of might have to watch the clip again. It just starts off singing and slowly and slowly gets worse as it's as Hal's functions are being eliminated and it's got less processing power or memory or whatever Dave's actually doing to it. And so the song becomes more and more like it gets slowed down into that kind of creepy computer voice tone. And I just think it's a beautiful scene that it get, like I, if I hear Daisy, I actually think of that scene. So even like an uplifting, if we were at like a carnival and someone was playing or whatever, I'd be thinking of that. So there you go. Daisy, 2001. Great pick, buddy. You and our lists are going to be so divergent today and I'm so excited about it. <laughs> well, that was definitely the one I had predicted you to absolutely not get. The next yes, one on mine will be the one I predict to actually be on your list. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens here next. So oh, I'm, I'm let, this is... 
As you pick your next one, just know that what I have picked next, I think is one of yours. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pick February 19th, 1999. Darn. Continue. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I will give you Gary Cole and John C. McKinley. The office space? It is office space. That is a very impressive pull from John C. McGinley. So it's 68% on uh, Metacritic. I had going prehistoric pre-email was my clue. Nice. And uh, the song is Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangsta by the Ghetto Boys. And I can't think of any song that means movie a particular movie to me other than maybe the stuff we talked about in Shawshank other than that song. So is this the guy when he's in the Indian guy when he's in his car rapping like hardcore and then whenever the window gets open, he mutes it? No. So damn, it feels good to be a gangster is the scene in the end when they they finally actually take the bat to the fax machine. Oh, that one. Right? Okay. It's got that like super, it's got like a nice and smooth 1980s sort of like dun, dun, dun. But damn, it feels good to be a gangster, and it's just them like it's like that. This that that song to me is that movie, and it is like just super iconic. And it's not a good soundtrack. It's a fun movie. It's not a particularly good movie. It's like a fun. There's like there's nostalgia to that for me a little bit. But that like I don't know, just something about that song and and that movie is is so perfectly tied. Like they're just tied together. I can't divorce those two things. I can't divorce. And the Ghetto Boys, like, I like some of their other stuff. It's just they are from Office Space. All right. And before anybody comes at me as I'm thinking about this, I'm pretty sure I have the scene wrong. Because I think the fax machine, copy machine song is like a rock thing. And this is maybe when he's like, I don't know, sauntering through the office or something. But whatever. I I stand behind my pick because 100% this movie and the song go together. Fair enough. I, I don't. I know Office Space well enough to to joke about staplers and PC load letter, and that's about yeah. And and flare. Lots of flare. I, sh- I should watch this movie again. It's a fun movie. All right. So again, next one. I predict it's on your list somewhere. October thirty first, nineteen ninety seven. Metacritic score of eighty five. Excel spreadsheet of ninety. Not that the okay. spreadsheet would really help you. I keep saying it. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help our listeners. Nobody really cares, but I have fun making a spreadsheet. All right? That's it. I got to find a way to move it, like embed it in the, uh, on the website or something. <laughs> I got to go more ridiculous, I think, with the spreadsheet is what I'm saying. Because it really implies like all I do is spreadsheets, and I really don't. Except for this No, one. you don't. Well, listen, people want to know, Jared. You give the people what they want. They want to know. They do? Okay. Yeah. All right. Cast from this movie again. Trying to not give it to you, but I might. I, it might just from the cast. Don Cheadle, William H Macy. I got one more if I need it. We'll see if you need it. No, I mean I'm this assuming song. this is Boogie Nights. Ah, there you go. And this is the curious song for drug deal. Yeah. All right. This is great. I missed this, which is a bummer. This absolute PTA is my guy. This 100% should have been on my list, and it's just not. So, yeah, good, great pick. Go on. I know you love the movie, and the song is uh, Sister Christian, played yep. with a you know drug-fueled shooting and dealing and just what a crazy scene. And I remember watching this movie, which is it's not actually one of my favorite movies. I don't love PTA the way you do. I respect the work, and I know people love it. It just didn't resonate for me. But I remember still watching the scene, and this song comes on, and it's one of those, like, it's it's a beautiful song, right? 
it's 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 equivalent. It, 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 I don't, is Night Ranger a one hit wonder? Oh, it's a good question. I think tech by t- if you do the Billboard Top 100, I think the answer is yes. Yeah. So I don't know them for any. Let's just leave it that. I don't know them for any other music, but this song is just a beautiful song melodically. It's great lyrics, everything about it. I like, and to tie it to this like just crazy over the top scene is super impressive. Like I, I haven't seen a lot of things like that before, and it made me really change the way I looked at music in movies and in using more co- contrasting elements, which I think has become a lot more common today. Right. Yeah. I, had a, I had a couple of notes in here of other mo- other ones that didn't quite reach the cut, but I was thinking about, there was a year where one of those John Denver songs was like in every movie and two out of the three uses of it were again, that contrasting style where you took this super peaceful song and put it into a super intense sequence so i'm gonna give uh, pta credit for that and just directing a beautiful scene i am very saddened by my inability to remember putting pta on this list uh it's a great pick i think it's great i also am going to use that to draft directly into my next one because you hit on a similar vein of something i want to talk about so february 13th of 2013 with a 60 on metacritic I will give you Sophia Botella and Mark Hamill. <laughs> That's right. Mark Hamill. <laughs> it's 2013? Oh, sure is. Pretty sure it is. Give me, I think I know the movie, so, and I'll fess up if I'm wrong, but give me the, what was the Metacritic? 60. Okay. And what's your five words? Sharp dressed with superpowers? So mine was shooting up an entire church. Do I have okay. the right song and the right scene? Yes, you do. Yeah. Well done. So this is Kingsman, the Secret Service. I actually think this is a twofer because the scene where they do Freebird with his Leonard Skinner That's uh, the one. Is is I think the one that most people reference when they talk about this. And again, it's the, this doesn't make sense. Like this is an aggressively violent, holy moly, like using all these weird camera cuts and angles thing with Freebird, which is hysterical. Um, the pacing of that is very funny. The rhythm of that is very funny. The one that I actually like the more is in the end when Eggsy is fighting uh, the really cool uh, woman with crazy like legs that has like the, the sword legs. Uh, they play Casey and the Sunshine Band, Give It Up, which is such a like happy song. Na, 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 And then they go to like all the chaos happening in the rest of the world. And it's just Casey right. and the Sunshine Band going, give it up, baby, give it up, which is hysterical. Like that's just such a – the duality of that is so strong that I always thought that was such a very fun music choice. That's the one playing while the heads are exploding and stuff, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's that's a good pick. I, I agree. I think um, I want to check in with Jill regarding the twofer, but it definitely definitely counts in the category. <laughs> I uh, I thought the Freebird was Freebird was a contender for me for a while. Actually, I chose yeah. I went with the, the Boogie Nights one slightly over it because I felt it was more of the original the the OG. Yep, Just to use the lingo, as the youth say, <laughs> as they do. But good pick, JT. Good pick. I like it. All right, thank. All right. The next two are both, I actually think the next one a, a bit more, less specific to me. The last one's a very personal pick, but the, the next one I think 
a fun and interesting pick for me as I was really going through the pantheon of movies. I wanted to pick like something that I thought was very different. So July 21st, 1989, Metacritic score of 93, an Excel of 88. Oh, oh, an 88 on the Excel. Got it. Okay. 88 in Excel. Yeah. You want me to look up anything else on the Excel version? It no, uh, scored particularly highly across the board. Although I gave it a nine on scene epicness, and maybe it's actually worthy of a 10 when this one comes out. I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. Again, trying to give you an obscure part of the cast, because you've gotten really good. Are you three for three on the day already? You are, right? Yeah. I think so. All right. Let's see if we can get one past you. Frankie Faison, Giancarlo Esposito. Do you know who that is? No. He's, uh, he's I don't remember, G- Gideon on the Star Wars show, Mandalorian. Oh, okay. He, Breaking, he was in Breaking Bad. That's what he's most commonly known for. Got it. So I think was his first role. And John Turturro. Oh, I love John Turturro. This is 89? Yeah. Okay, so this is like kind I- of early John Turturro. It's early John Turturro. It's also one of those movies that everybody thinks is a 90s movie, and it is not. It, it's like, it's it, when people think of 80s movies and 90s movies, this is always put in the 90s category. And the five words, or do you want to guess before five words? Was that no, I don't have anything. I got nothing. Uh, I have good music for a slice. Good music for a slice. Oh man! All right, so now I got to think what happened. What happened in 1989? That's like a it's a, so Totoro, New York slice. That's what I'm trying to orient off of right now because he's a Brooklyn guy. You're doing Maybe well. Movie in the early 90s. That's not an early 90s film. It's actually from 1989. <laughs> uh, that would have to do with pizza. What is it on Metacritic? Uh, it was a. Sorry, let me pull that back up. It was a 93 on Metacritic. Oh, my God. It's like a really good movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, for, is Christopher Walken in this movie? No. Then I have no idea. I have no idea what this is. It has Martin Lawrence in it. I think his first on-screen appearance, actually. I didn't go check, but I'm pretty sure. It's one of his earliest. If I had given you Rosie Perez, would you have it from that? Is this White Man Can't Jump? No, it's before that. What was Rosie Perez? Oh boy, I'm going to be sad when you tell me this because I clearly am going to know the movie. Uh, I don't know. So the movie is Do the Right Thing. Hold on. This can't be the opening sequence. It cannot, it absolutely can't be Public Enemy opening sequence because I intentionally left that out because it's the opening sequence. Is that what it is? Fight the Power? Yeah. It's the brawl in the pizza. It's when everything goes bonkers in the pizza shop. So they also, do you remember how how this movie opens? Not a fan. This is where okay. this is this is not sorry, I don't believe this is the opening opening sequence. This is like the No, it's the, not. Yeah. It's not, but but the re so uh so this is you're you're right here, by the way. I made a mistake. Because when I think of Fight the Power in this movie, this movie opens with basically a music video of Fight the Power. It's like two dudes on a porch, and then right. out of nowhere is Rosie Perez in like seven different outfits just dancing to fight the power. And it's a three minute cold open. That's just how the movie starts. And so when I thought about movies that were iconic, I thought of that movie and this scene, I guess, but I was like, it's not really a scene. It's an open. So if we ever did like an open, yeah, that one's definitely on the list. 
And I totally forgot that it's also in another place in this movie. And I am bummed out. Go on, my friend. Oh, miss. It's funny. I forgot about it in the opening scene. And I was trying to think of the Rosie Perez. What was she dancing to? Because for me, the fight the power moment was the 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 brawl. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder. And then it's, it's funny because we were at the time I had I had opened the tab like Rosie Perez uh, uh, do the right thing because I wanted to go rewatch the clip, which would have then led me to oh they used it twice. Yeah, this is a that. it's a great pick and it's just a miss on my part. I totally forgot about I forgot that they used it again because for me it's so iconic as an open that mm. I was like yeah I mean that's just it's that's where that's where they use the song and it just right. never dawned on me again. But this is a great pick. This is a great pick. And if I had remembered that it was in there, it would have been in my top five hundred percent. Nice. Yeah, I think the scene in particular. I mean, first of all, what a movie. Right. I, we haven't oh, yeah. talked about it much on the podcast. Uh, I'll be honest for me, it's probably because I saw it back then a few times. I've probably seen it four or five times. And I don't know that the genre of those kind of late eighties, early nineties movies like these, they, they aren't, they don't come up a lot. You know, I don't know if it's very sign of the times kind of thing. Ooh, that's also a movie that also has music in it, but we won't go there. <laughs> uh, anyhow, this uh, this is one of those songs that comes on and I'm like, oh, do the right thing. I should watch that again and haven't for like 20, 30 years. <laughs> but but way to go, uh, Spike Lee, for putting together just something that I think really changed. Again, in the category for me of changed movie making, really started opening everybody's eyes to stories that aren't being told. And, uh, and I think the reason I like the song for it is this is sort of that era where rap and hip hop are moving into the mainstream and yep. artists like public enemy really ushered that in. So there you have it. Yeah. I love this pick. I love this movie. I've seen it. I, I probably watch it every couple of years just on principle, just cause of how much I like it. I, it, this movie actually, I don't know, gets enough credit for the introduction of a lot of that, element into the mainstream like public enemy got introduced to people a lot of people because of that because of this movie right uh, it's, it's great yeah it's, it's it's an important movie for a lot of reasons and it's also just it happens to be a very 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 good movie as well which is also helpful oh great pick uh, okay my next one is uh dumb and i'm very <laughs> excited to talk about it it's a bad pick and i'm pumped because uh, i don't care it's my list i get to do what i want i love it May 9th, 1997, with a blistering 52% on Metacritic. I mean, I want to I already tell you that I'm going to guess that this is once again for us, even though I don't think, I think the Metacritic's actually lower, so I think I'm wrong. But I, was, I, was, I would pre-guess, is this, is this Billy Madison? No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so sorry. So 97, 53, right? 52. 52. I'll give you Luke Perry and Tiny. Okay, I'm, I think I know what it is, but give me. Uh, let's hear your five words, just for funsies. Okay, five words. I think you think it's something different. I okay. I, I think it, I think it's the Fifth Element. Oh no, you're right. I thought you were going to guess Friday because of Tiny Lister. No, I thought about that. I'm like, is Luke Perry in there in a cameo? And I like ran through my who's in that movie? Who's got cameos? Nope, no Luke Perry. I know that movie far too well. Yeah, fair. Uh, so yeah, this is the fifth element, which should have been on my guilty pleasure list, by the way, because I love this movie, even though it's not particularly good at all. Uh, my five words were actually four words, which is a live action opera. The song is Plava Laguna's song by Eric Sierra, which is the blue 
lady who does the operatic but kind of techno thing. And I think this breaks a bunch of rules from our list that we kind of said we probably weren't going to do, which is like, this is an original song. It's kind of sort of a montage, which wasn't a particular rule, but I kind of stayed away from it. It's really not a montage. It's a cut scene. There's just like two different scenes happening at the same time. It's definitely not a montage. And I would absolutely have called you out if I thought it was. Because okay, we, good. We've, we, because of my poor memory, I asked you like four times in the past two days if we're doing montages or not. So I would have, I would have called you out. And I know we had said no originals, but I think this absolutely works. I don't, I don't, I have no problem with this pick and it's a great pick, even though I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's Plava Laguna. It's so weird. The thing with this one is it's just, it's literally called the Diva Plava Laguna song. Like there isn't even a title. It's just Eric Sierra wrote the whole thing. Like he wrote a bunch of stuff. The thing with this is that, like, first of all, it's iconic. Like, I think people remember this scene, right? Like, what people remember from this movie is Lido Dallas Multipass, this scene, and how bad Chris Tucker was. Like, that's what sticks out, I think, to most people's memory. But this was such a weird thing because it sort of leaned into this burgeoning EDM scene, but it did it with opera. It was in, like, outer space. She was blue and pretty, but also an alien. Like, there was just a lot of stuff happening, and it was really successful. And like using your rubric, no other song can do this. <laughs> like it doesn't work. And the scene is made because it's the scene where Mila Jovovich is fighting these weird alien guys who oddly hold up because they use prosthetics instead of CGI, by the way. And <laughs> as, as that's happening, it's like a beautifully choreographed, although goofy fight scene and then there's this really cool operatic EDM thing happening. And all of that was very original and new and hasn't been particularly done well since. So Fifth Element's on my top five, and I'm not sorry. I think that's a really fun pick, buddy. I have no problem with it. I don't uh, I don't know. The, again, I've seen the movie like twice. Oh, love it. But it is iconic. Like whatever she's singing. Yeah. Like that's the thing. So the fun part of this is that back then – uh, her, like, basically what she was singing was impossible. Like, it was not possible for a, a human to do that live. Now, because of all the auto-tune and repeaters and taps and all the different things that you could use, someone actually could theoretically perform this in real time, and it would be neat. Uh, but, like, that's just, like, a fun little music thing that, like, I don't By the way, no one will ever perform this live. But it's cool that they could if they wanted to now and back then that it was actually not a thing that anybody could have done. Uh, it's Yeah, it just it stuck out to me and, like, I had it on my this shouldn't be in your top five list and just should be in Pong for a long time. And as I always do, walked into this having three for sure, which I've already covered, and then like a bunch that I was like, I could use that one. And as we're talking, I'm like, I can't get away from this. I keep looking at it going, no, that one. I'm going to use that one. So here we that's are. Fun. That's fun. That, that, that's why we picked this. That's why we make the podcast, buddy, just so we can do that kind of stuff. I'll move us on to April 11th, 1997. With a Metacritic of 76 and the lowest of my Excel spreadsheet in 80. Because all the really high ones got sucked up by the Shawshanks and whatnot. Sure. Cast includes Alan Arkin, Hank Azaria, Dan Aykroyd. Uh, what year is this? 97. 90? Okay. I obviously know all these people. What were they in together? Why can't I think of Dan Aykroyd in a movie with Arkin and... I love Hank Azaria. Um, I'm struggle-busting on this. I don't know. 
And again, same theme of how I've been doing these. Tune to stare at baby. Tune to stare at baby. Yep. From 1997. Yep. I know my my five word thing's a little tricky this time because I didn't do the movie. I did the scene of the movie. No, 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 that's okay. I like it. It's it's very clear. I'm they've all been really good. I just can't. Why would Dan Aykroyd be staring at a baby? Is what I'm trying to. He's get not. Around. Is Hank He's, Azaria? No. Somebody else, the lead, who I didn't put in because I na- the moment I name him, you've got the whole movie. I don't know if I do, but no, I, this is not coming to mind. What's the song? Can you give me the song? Sure, the song is "Under Pressure" by a fairly well-known band. Dun, 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 dun. No, see that's that's the hook. Our, mine goes dun 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 dun. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I saw I was listening to Vanilla Ice on Clubhouse for like three whole minutes the other day. He had just joined apparently, and there's this whole like thing. I'm like, I'm just going to be in the room, so I was in the room where it happened, and that was kind of that. Look at all these musical tie-ins. Thanks, Rob Van Winkle. I don't have any idea what this is, and it's going to bum me out because I clearly know what this movie is. So. The movie is Gross Point Blank. Sure is. Have you seen it? Yep. So the scene, do you know what I'm talking about? The scene, all right, so it's a pivotal scene in the movie. So John Cusack is our, is he a hitman, assassin? He's a hitman, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. he does wet work. Well, (laughs) he's a cleaner, he's a fixer. (laughs) Anyhow, he's at his high school reunion, and I don't remember which, I think it's just a random uh, former classmate who's now a mom has her baby and has to, I think she goes off to dance and like gives him the baby's like, here, hold this or something like that. Here, hold the baby <laughs> and under pressure's on. And the camera work is doing that slow swoop around kind of thing, sort of like from uh, Goodfellas, but it's just on him holding the baby with both hands, staring into its eyes while the baby is staring back at him it is one of my favorite scenes in movies in the past 25 years. Just that sequence. I love this movie. This is a high rewatchable for me. But in particular, that moment where it's sort of, I don't know if he's having an existential crisis. I don't know if it's waking up a long lost part of him. I don't know if it's seeing life as an innocent again. There's so many ways to read the scene. It doesn't matter which one you pick because you watch it again and you can sort of look at it through a slightly different lens. And it's beautifully done. It's only seconds of the movie, but I really, truly couldn't picture anything but that song because it, ha- it also they timed the music to the sequence very nicely where it's hitting at the crescendo of the song. Yep. But there's also an entendre with the music itself, like he's living this life under pressure, you know. So yeah. that's my pick. Uh, this is a great pick that I completely whiffed on. Uh, probably would not have been in my top five, but definitely at the very, very, very least deserves a spot in Contender Pong. Uh, and I, I love what you just said about the fact that one of the things that like there's one or two that I wanted to pick, but I just didn't like them quite enough where they did something really clever in the movie in the sense that like the song was saying more than just what the scene was, right? Like it was actually like sort of, it was actually an undercurrent to more, which is a really cool thing to do. Uh, and th- this scene does that really well. No, this is a great pick. I just missed it. Good pick. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I, the whole time, by the way, I've had this secondary running theme of great movie moments with music. 
but actually are fully replaceable. I might not know the song, but but didn't necessarily have one. My my example, like or or ones that had a lot of meaning to me. Like I was thinking about High Fidelity a lot because it's a music yeah. we both a movie we both love, a movie with lots of music. It's about music. It's about lists, but. There's no one song. I could say maybe like Cold Blooded Old Times has a particular use in the movie. But if they had thrown in any other indie rock song, it would have been fine too. Right? Yeah, I think that – so uh, funny. I thought about High Fidelity a ton, which you know is one of my favorite movies of all time and also book. And the reason I couldn't is because the whole movie's a love letter to all music. So they're, like they're, one wasn't supposed to shine. All of it was supposed to shine. So that's why, like, it's on the soundtrack version, but, like, for the single scene, no, all of it's good. You know what I mean? I think that's yeah. – I, I landed in the exact same place you did. Yeah. Okay, uh, I'm going to let you one. pick – I'm going to let you pick my last one. Okay. So we can either go with a really fun, definitely don't see coming pick or a pretty obvious, surprised you haven't brought it up pick. Which would you rather have? I want the fun one now. I want the other one in Pong, and we can talk about it then. Perfect. Okay. So for <laughs> – this is so dumb. Uh, December 14th, 2004, with a 58% on the Metacritic. 58, okay. Uh, I will give you Jared Harris and Eddie Izzard. Jared Harris, Eddie Izzard. Is there any chance this is love, actually? No, it's not. Good guess, though. Okay. Good guess. Give me your five uh, words. So my five words are actually leaning into what you've been doing, describing the scene. Best unintentional dance scene ever. Best unintentional. It's an unintentional dance scene. <laughs> If this is the Macarena, I'm going to be very disappointed. No, it's not. Do you want me to give you the song? Yeah, why not? So the song is Te à la Menthe by Le Cachon. Is this Moulin Rouge? It is not Moulin Rouge. No. So this... Wait, 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 wait. I know... I know... I'm... mm. I'm feeling like I'm I'm close to this one, but it's not. No, all right, fine, I give up. What what is if it? I what if I tell you that the person that's in the scene is Vincent Cassell? Is this Ocean's Twelve? It's Ocean's Twelve. Is this the goofy laser beam avoidance song, song and dance choreograph entrapment, but in another movie in a scene that's completely probably the best moment of an otherwise utterly throwaway movie movie? Yeah, sure is. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's, sure is. It's a fun. It's a very fun pick, JT. If I if I didn't dislike that movie so much, it's a very fun pick. But I dislike that yeah. movie a lot. <laughs> Look, I, I gave no. That's what you should. It's of the series. It's not good, uh, yeah. and there's a bunch of reasons to hate it. I actually think the acting in that particular one was abhorrent by by a couple people. I just don't think Catherine Zeta Jones is very good. But that song and that scene. Make that like if at any point if that scene is on, I am watching that scene. I love For that sure. scene. I love the setup to that scene. I love the scene itself. 
I love the ending and how he has to describe his way out of it. The whole thing, that package, if you showed me, that's how I would have sold that movie. Hey, we're going to build a movie around this scene. I would have been like, greenlit right now. Go make it for sure. Yeah. We could just have a whole movie based on 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 that. It's so good. I want to see him preparing how he did it. I want to see all the practice that went into it. I want to see the choreographer he worked with. All of it. I want to see all of it. Also, an otherwise like unnotable song that now if you hear, I promise you brings you right into that scene. Even if you hate the movie, you hear even like a dun, 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 dun. even if it's like a sample to another song, you're like, oh, this is that horrible movie with that really fun scene. <laughs> it's a good pick. That's very fun. I'm, I'm glad we picked that one. All right, and so I'm going to go right into my next one because the next one would have been my other pick, and that feels like a thing that you'll that we'll do. So this is 1992 with a 79% on Metacritic, and the only reason that I would have put this in my top five is I like my five words so much. Hot blonde lends an ear. Unwilling imitation of Van Gogh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you haven't picked up on it yet, uh, this is Reservoir Dogs Stuck in the Middle by Steeler's Wheel. And I just really like being able to call him a hot blonde. I thought that was fun. <laughs> I think that's a that's a fun fun pick. Yeah, for Pong, this is definitely in the mix. I had uh I had a note right away. I'm like, which Tarantino bits do you want to have in here? And actually I think this is the only one. I haven't really proofed the list, but I'm pretty sure it's the only one. All right. Starting my Pong entry, 2010, Metacritic 74. I am 13th of all time, by the way. Timed to all the kicks. Oh, uh, Inception. Inception. Oh, 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 God. I'm not going to get the song right. This is a very, man, you're like super clever today. That's just, this is super clever. I didn't, oh, I'm like sad that I'm not as smart as you. Well, I can't think of the song. <laughs> the song is called Non Je Ne Regrette Rien. It's yeah. uh, by Edith Piaf. I got to do this one bit of trivia for anyone who does not know this because it is worth knowing. All of the soundtrack, like the score by Hans Zimmer for Inception, is played off this French song. From uh, from the mid twentieth century by Edith Piaf, she's fav- more well known for La Vie en Rose. But this is a, this was also a pretty big song. What Hans Zimmer did is he slowed it down, such that each time they go into another dream layer, it is slowed down by fifty percent again, mm-hmm. and again and again. So any of the music you're hearing, especially in that like kind of last level of the abyss or wherever they are, that's that's like, it even sounds super slow and bass heavy. That's because that's what it is at that point. And I just think that's super cool. It was my 10 out of 10 on utterly irreplaceable music because it actually built the entire, all of the music in the movie is because of this song. So I like that. Uh, it, it's a great pick. I actually thought about as a joke, having Bong by Hans Zimmer be one of my picks. <laughs> Well, which of his uses of it? It's become such a go-to at this point. <laughs> oh, dude, it's so good in the crown. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's do 86 with a 61% fooling about on a float. Uh, twist and Shout from yep. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Exactamundo. Good pick. I actually had thought about it first, and I decided in my book this was a replaceable song. This was, to me... Any fun Beatles party. If this had been, uh, what's the, um, well, this is Shake It Up Baby. What's the, uh, not Twist and Shout. What's the, 
the one from Animal House that they all that they go rock out to. Oh, it's just Chuck Berry's shout. Yeah, if they had done that, it would have worked. So that's yeah, the only reason it doesn't didn't quite make mine. JT, totally fair. That's why it's in Pong. That's why it's in Pong. I'd actually argue Donka Shane was more un unchangeable than Twist and Shout. Not so I thought about. I actually thought about this, and the thing is, is like Donka Shane is more unchangeable. Twist and Shout made the scene because Donka Shane's fun, mm. but it's it, it's the dancing in the streets part, which they could have just used dancing in the streets. But yeah, I it's 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 a fun. It's a it, this was more of like a fun. I almost like sort of like Alpha Deist or Shawshank this just because it feels like an easy win. I, I didn't want to talk about it, but I, I felt like it deserved to be on the list. All right. This this is in the borderline rule breaking, but it was sort of my only one. 1979, Metacritic 74, Frog Singing on the Log. Um, the Muppet Caper, the Great Muppet Caper. It's the original, the Muppet movie, and it's Rainbow uh, Connection. It's, it's Rainbow Connection? Sure, that's great. Well, it's a, it's a very, it's very, per- I love this song. It's, love it. It's a great song. Yeah. Uh, let's do 1998 with a 41 on Metacritic, which was lower than I thought it was. Uh, bad time in a bathtub. 1998? Yeah. Well, it's after Fatal Attraction, so it's not that. <laughs> no, that's true. It's not that. <laughs> What uh, it's before hot tub time machine? I, I'm flummoxed on bathtub related scenes. So what? What? what is so the song is "Somebody to Love" by Jessifer, or Jefferson Airplane, and it's "Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas." Oh, okay, right. Good one. 1969 Metacritic of 66, which is lower than I thought it would be. Outlaw riding bicycle with girlfriend. I have no idea. Outlaw song. The song, the like song from is. The 80s. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Are you familiar with the song? Yeah, I know the song. Do you know that it was written for this movie? Obviously not. I don't know what the movie is yet. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That song was written for that movie for that scene, which you would never, ever think of if you did not know it. This is strange enough that I'm going to make. Are you sure? (laughs) I am very sure. That's a really interesting piece of trivia, and I definitely didn't know that at all. Uh, let's do 2017 with a 77% on Metacritic, When the Unkillable is Killed. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Well, it's not Thanos. Nope. And it's not 2017. Well, it could have been uh, Han Solo, but it's definitely not that either because that music's not special. What is it? Uh, so this is uh, it's a little bit of a personal one, but I, I did like this. So this is Logan, and it's Johnny Cash's version of When the Man Comes Around that they do at the very end, I thought was such a brilliant piece of music choice, and it just always stuck out to me. Yeah, unkillable. That's good. It's good. I like that one. 1968, Metacritic 84, Monkeys Learn to Use Bone. Uh, Planet of the Apes? <laughs> no, it's also 2001 The Space Odyssey. And this is oh. also Sprack Zarathustra. Zarathustra. I'm saying that poorly. It's the uh, Copeland music. You'll, you would know it. It's the da 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 Oh, oh. oh yeah. Da, da, da. Okay, yeah. I do know yeah, that song. You, yeah, okay. Um, you can't, you cannot picture, if you've seen this movie once, 
that that music is that scene. I think it's the monolith with the monkeys with the bones, and they kill each other with bones. Yeah, no, I saw it a long time ago, and I can tell you definitively for me that that is not what that mu- that music does for me. But I'm sure it does for you know old people. Uh, moving right along, uh, 1998 <laughs> with a 71% on Metacritic, a trip down memory lanes. Plural. Clue. 98. Yep. Memories? Ty- memory lanes. Lanes. It's not Clue is bowling? Kingpin? Mm-hmm. No. What's another bowling? Oh, Shawshank. Um, Lebowski. Yeah. Which song of Lebowski? So for me, it would be just dropped in by Kenny Rogers when he does the entire that whole like music video that randomly shows up for no apparent reason. Oh, right. <laughs> All right. That's fair. It's a good good pick if you're, you know, young and don't know anything. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> All right. So we're even on that. Let's drop that shtick. We're just playing, y'all. All right. But now I'm going to another old movie just because of you. 1967. (laughs) 1967, Metacritic of 83. Moving sidewalks in an airport. Oh. So, okay. So I'm assuming this is The Graduate. Yes. Okay. And which song are you doing though? Because there's like a number of songs. I struggle to pick a song for this. I went Sound of Silence opening opening sequence, the establishment of of Dustin Hoffman just going through that airport. Like you, it it says so much about what this movie is going to be. Uh, the way he like you could see he's nervous and he like it. I, I love this. I love this use of a song. Love it. Yeah, I agree. So this I also picked Sound of Silence for this movie for pretty much the same reason. It's a great pick. That's a great pick. Cool. Uh, you can go again because that is on Wait, my list for fun. What were your five words? Oh, my five words were young man experiences the nothing. Nice. Nice. 1988 Metacritic score of 72. Terrorists get the vault open. Terrorists get the vault open. 1988. I don't know. This would be the fourth movement of the Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, also known as Ode to Joy from Die Hard. Oh, I forgot that Ode to Joy is in that. That's a great pick. Um, that's and that is when they finally get the safe open and all that kind of stuff. And it's and they do it again in the rest of the Die Hard movies, but not as well as this one. Yeah, that's a great pick. That's a really good pick. Uh, let's do all right. This is a weird one. 2003 with an 89% on Metacritic, singing publicly, struggling privately. Once, no. Good guess, though. So this is Lost in Translation. Um, it's There's a scene where Bill Murray sings Peace, Love, and Understanding by Elvis Costello. And to pull on a thread that you brought up earlier, which I, I really liked, this is one of those things where this song is actually sort of describes the character's problem in its entirety. And it's, it's like a really, really beautiful subtext, right? If you really listen to this song and you see the pain he has in singing it and the whole deal, it's like, oh, he's broke, broke. And it's fun. <laughs> nice it's a fun movie uh, well not fun but it's a good movie 1992 Metacritic of 59 Dancing Tango with a Stranger 92 59 Tango with a Stranger I don't know Jim Carrey something The Mask when did The Mask <laughs> around there Mask. I, I would guess Mask is more like a 94 
94, 96. Yeah, I think you're right. This is uh, the song is called Por Una Cabeza, and it is from Scent of a Woman. It's the tango scene. Oh, the tango scene in Scent of a Woman is really smart. Man, you did yeah. You like picked up on so for me, this is what you know what's funny? This is who we are. You led with really good movies and then found the music in the movies. I literally led with music. <laughs> Everything that I picked, I didn't pick any good movies. I picked music I like in movies. That's basically what this list was for me. That that's why we do what we do. <laughs> uh let's do 1994 with a 67. Pre-hipsters hipster at highway stop. Clerks? Good guess. Uh, but no, this was Reality Bites, and it's the scene mm. where they dance to my Sharona in the yeah. gas station. Yeah. I never liked Reality Bites. I know it was huge and it should have been my genre and all that, but like I, I like, for example, I like singles way more than I like reality bites, even though they were almost similar genres and compared to by a lot of stuff. Singles is a better singles is a better movie. The thing that's funny with me is Reality Bites is one of those movies that I watched too young because my friends were older so i thought i liked it and then have since watched it as in like an adult and an older person and went this movie's totally mediocre at best <laughs> that's how i always felt about it, but everybody else loved it oh. uh 2004 metacritic score of 66 awkward high school talent show oh this uh no wait I just got really excited and then immediately the excitement left as I realized that I don't think I know what this is. So oh, you know my original so my original thought was Little Miss Sunshine, but that's not it because she's just wearing the B costume and that made me think of the B girl, which is actually Blind Melon. So not that. Then I thought about there's a rap scene with Charlie Day and his kid, but it's not that. Geely? I don't know. It is Jingle Bell Rock. Oh from, from, from uh, Mean Girls. Mean Girls, yeah. All right. Cool. That's a good pick. That's funny. Uh, all right, next one. Super. This is super weird. This one almost made my top five just because it's fun. Uh, 1996 with a 58%. Don't mess with the X's. 1996? <laughs> yeah. It's like a powerhouse female cast. Powerhouse female cast. 96. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever even this, seen this movie. I'm, I'm going to assume I probably have, but it's blanking. What What is it? So the song is You Don't Own Me by Leslie Gore, and the movie is First Wives Club. Oh. No, I never saw that. So this is like low-key, a really good comedy. All like right. Diane Keaton, Bette Midler, Goldie Hawn, before she started looking weird, this is like hysterical and fun and women power. Like my mom made me watch this movie a lot as a kid. And I still actually think it's pretty funny. Yeah. Whereas I'm like coming right out of college and there's no way I'm seeing a movie like this in, in that time frame. but I would watch it. It was what it's on. It always gets recommended to me. So it's good. What you got? Oh no, that was yours. All right, here we go. <laughs> so the last one was awkward high school. All right. 2017 Metacritic score of 78 touching elementary school talent show. 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. You just saw it. I just saw it? And it's from 2017, and I just saw it. Oh, no. What movie did I just see from 2017? I feel like I haven't seen... 
I've actually watched a lot of movies recently, so this is like embarrassing that I can't think of what it is. I don't know. What is this? The song song is Take Me Home, Country Roads. Oh, from Logan Lucky. Oh, this is a really, really, really good pick. And that's a great scene. So I had accidentally blurted out earlier John Denver. So in that year, Take Me Home was used in three different movies. One was uh, this, one was Kingsman uh, Golden Circle, where it also I thought was used brilliantly. I don't remember what the third use was. But this one in particular, I thought was just really like sweet inside of a movie that is very not sweet. Yeah, I think I text you during this scene and I think I text you, why am I crying at Logan Lucky right now? (laughs) Like it didn't make any sense. Which, by the way, if you Google things like Take Me Home, Logan Lucky, the word cry is in the autofill options. So there you have it. That's good. That's a great pick. Uh, All right. 1985 with a 47% on Metacritic. He was on the phone. I should know this, but I have no idea what you just did. Uh, so this is Tequila by the Champs in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow, which that's not, that is a meeting the criteria of when Tequila comes on. I think of Pee Wee's Big Adventure every time. So great pick from that perspective. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, 1994, a Metacritic score of 80, which is surprisingly low. I will give you the name of the song before I give you my five words because it will not help you, and it's just fun to say. Duettino Solaria. That was in uh, Italian. Okay. <laughs> Does that help? No. Prisoner's Appreciation for the Arts. Oh, what year is this? 1994. Is this Shawshank? It is. It's the opera scene when they're in the when when uh, Andy Dufresne takes over the record player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great yeah. scene. This is good. That's a great pick. And it's uh, it's from Marriage of Figaro. I. Wolfie. Cool. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Uh, let's do 1983 with a 75. A little high. Baby Hunt does the bump. <laughs> I'm proud of this five. It's stupid, but it makes me laugh. Baby Hunt. And I don't know. Mr. Mom? No. So Baby Hunt is Baby Ethan Hunt. So this is Risky Business. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this is... Uh, with, with just confirming the song where he's singing Bob, and dancing. It's Bob Seeger, old time yeah. rock and roll. Na, 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 na. I mean, every time I yeah. hear that, I see him slide across the, the floor. For sure. For sure. If, it's, if something's been parodied a hundred times, it's, it's a thing. Yep. 1998 Metacritic of 86 organizing the kite flying society. 1998 organizing the kite flying Society. Remember, all of mine are the moment in the movie. I don't know, man. This is by our friend Wes Anderson. This is Rushmore. And the song is... Yeah, the song is The Wind by Cat Stevens. So good. It's A, just such a beautiful song, but B, so well used in this particular movie. And it's it's almost like a perfect Wes Anderson song. Like, I can almost picture that, like, when he's... He's got like an archive of these are all the songs I will put in all my movies at some point. And this yep. was probably in his top five would be just a hunch on him. Just a guess. Yeah. Just because you mentioned it earlier, if you ever want to get down a fun little weird like playlist rabbit hole on Spotify, there's some really good Wes Anderson playlists where people just pick out all the random little uses of songs that he's had. And they're like delightfully awkward and weird. It's really fun. Nice. 
Uh, let's do 1996 was an 83%. Uh, and it's friends have longing for living. Choose your friends, choose life. So lust for life. It so no, I actually uh, so it is train spotting, but I chose Perfect Day by Lou Reed, which is when uh, when he overdoses. That's such a again powerful kind of sad. Don't sure. get into it. Very 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 effective use of music though, like super effective use of music. Actually, that that introduced me to that song. Oh really? Uh, oh really? And uh, it's definitely in many of my playlists now because I love that song. Such so a song. good choice. I and I had Lust for Life also from Train Spotting. Oh, I think that makes it your turn again, actually, because it does. Trade's button. Okay, let's do 1988 with a 70%. People go bananas at dinner. 1988? Yeah. Oh, this is Beetlejuice. Yeah, but the Banana Boat song by Harry Potter. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, I only have two left for Pong, by the way. 2017, Metacritic 67. Shoot. Oh, no, sorry, three. Oh. For this one to work, I got to give you the one that would have been before this. It would have been Freebird shooting up an entire church. Got it. So okay. now, 2017, Metacritic 67, shooting up an entire spaceship. 2017, shooting up a spaceship. Oh, is this. Oh, wait, it was 2017. When did Guardians come out? Guardians came out in 2014. So I'm way off then. I don't know. But Guardians of the Galaxy 2 came out in 2017. <laughs> oh, you old swashbuckler, you. <laughs> but do you know which song or scene I'm talking about? I'm just curious. So, well, so the second one, so would it be like, it's it's not Baby Groot at the end, which is absolutely adorable. Uh, and well, Baby Groot's from the first one. Second oh, one right. is, second one is Angsty Groot. Oh, oh no. First one, he becomes Baby Groot. Second one, he's Baby Groot the whole movie. And then he's Angsty for the Infinity War. Yeah, that's right. No, I, I can't think of the scene. It's Mr. Blue Sky by uh, ELO playing while while the while Rocket is using a machine gun to blow up the whole ship and uh, what I want to say Dooku, but that's not right. The, the Yondu is whistling the arrow around, yeah, and it's yeah, again yeah. it's that contrast thing, and I think it's such a new take on it that was beautifully done. So that's, that's it. cool. That's cool. I it's funny. I I didn't for some reason I thought about like the opening of Chris Pratt in the first one. And I'm like, the music is so good in that, but I'm like, yeah, but it was just like eighties. It could have been anything. That one actually, I think is a pretty good, that's a good pick though. Uh, all right. So I have, let's see one, two, I have three, I have four more. So one is 1999 with a 56%, the ultimate burn book. 1999. Yeah. The ultimate burn book. Is this you another like, High school rompy kind of thing? It's not very rompy, but it's high school. It's not Heather's. Nope. Nope. 99. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it is. What is it? So this is Cruel Intentions. The last scene when they do Bittersweet Symphony by the Verve is like a like it's a it's a moment. It's a whole thing. You know, we talk about generational stuff. I never saw this movie. It was firmly out of the right generation for me. Totally fair. And Cruel Intentions was a very, very big deal to kids my age for a couple oh, yeah. of very scenes. <laughs> this is a, this, it's the remake of Dangerous Liaisons, right? Just uh, with teenagers. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So my last one, going all the way back to 1961 with a Metacritic of 76, Singing on the Fire Escape. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Correct. Moon River. Moon River. Moon River. Uh, okay. So Is I have. Is the whole fist there, Doc? 
Uh, so I have two that I want to run through and then one last one. So one, I don't know if you've seen this movie, 1997 with a 75% on Metacritic, get fired, get naked, cash. What year? 1997. First I was going to say Wall Street, Wolf of Wall Street, but that's definitely wrong. Uh, get fired, get naked, cash. I don't know. So this is Full Monty, and it's Joe Joe Cocker's "Leave Your Hat On" is really fun. Yes, it's a it's. I like this movie a lot, actually. Uh, I I think it's a great pick. Uh, The next one I'll do very quick is uh, 1993 with a 57 percent on Metacritic. Eternal sequin issues. You don't like this movie, so I might just skip. So this is. Benny and June, but it's the Proclaimers 500 Miles. The last time you referenced this was our first episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, for some reason, I felt like I brought it up before. I still love that movie. So, yeah. So, here's my last one. I want to end with this because this this probably should have been my number five pick, but it felt a little too on the nose, but whatever. Uh, so, this is 1999 with a 66% on Metacritic. Hold hands, watch world burn. Uh, I don't know it. So this is Where Is My Mind by the Pixies at the end of Fight Club. Ah. You know, it's an interesting pick because I don't – I could not have named the song, but I know the scene perfectly well. And it's funny because you said it and I was thinking like, okay, it's one of these movies that ends on some of these like one weird twisted note kind of thing. But which one is it? Good choice. Yeah, that one I liked a lot. But the thing is is that – you actually oriented me to this before I even knew your rubric was like, could you put another song in there? And the answer is, is like, yeah, I could probably pick like a handful of songs that would have gone well. I don't know if it would have been that good, um, but it wasn't particularly interesting. It was just a really good use of a great song and a good movie, which I was like, yeah, eh, it's not going to be a top five. And instead I went fun. Good one. Hey, before we, before we wrap for the day, I have like three sort of micro entries. I just, I just kind of felt like I had to do a quick shout out to some things. Is that cool? Okay. Yeah, sure. Because they're in in this sort of wheelhouse, but they don't quite fit. The first is, I just was desperate to find a place for J.J. Abrams' use of sabotage in his Star Trek movies. That's because right. he does such a good use of it. But it's also not iconic because he could have just picked any other... It could like There are other songs he could have picked. But I just wanted to give that kind of props to what a great use of that song. For the sure. second one, similarly, is uh, Mad World from Donnie Darko where there's like this, you can't not correlate the two, but yet the music itself doesn't actually do anything for any particular song. It's just sort of the Donnie Darko song. You know what I mean? For sure. And the third, and I think this deserves its place in Clip Roulette when you put it up there, is if there's one song with an association that I cannot ever get out of my head, but it's not a movie, it's some TV. I have to drop it in here. It is Lover Boys Working for the Weekend. That when I hear that song, can you picture that song in your head? I mean, I know the song, yeah. To me, that song is one thing and one thing only. And that thing is Chris Farley with Patrick Swayze auditioning for the Chippendales. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's right. It is never anything but that 100% of the time I hear it. And I wanted to weave those into the episode. and I couldn't find a way. So I just had a, at the end, talk about this for 30 seconds. And then we can move along with our day. Uh, those are all wonderful entries to what I would say was a very, very successful list, which means 
We have come to a close here, and it is time, Jeremy, for you to tell me and our audience, what are we doing next week? Well, in my continuing effort to find us something kind of fun and different and a little little quirky to talk about. Here we go, JT. Ready? Yep. Top five. I'm going to go with henchmen or buddies or number twos or however you want to think about that, who you would watch a dedicated film about. So spinoffs. Yeah, like top five spinoffs, but like of a, a specifically, yeah, that's a better word. Yeah. All right. So, all right. So let me make sure I'm oriented. So we're going to do basically like number twos that deserve to be a number one. Yeah. Like spinoff, right. like not like, for example, not minions to despicable me. Right, 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 right. More yeah. like Cameron from Ferris Bueller gets his own movie or something like that. I mean, oh, oh, well, well, we just pre Shawshank that one. Might as we well might, right now. Yeah. We, we might have already started on a list for next week, but I love that category. That's actually gonna be a lot of fun. So, Jeremy, thank you as always. Listeners, thank you as always. And we will see you next week. Yeah. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Feels good to be a gangster.